For the first time in over two decades, the Carolina Panthers are simultaneously looking for a new head coach and a general manager. Let's focus in on the GM job today. How attractive is the Carolina Panthers general manager opening? We'll talk about it right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe. Or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday throughout the rest of the offseason, I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions into me now. Today's episode of Lockdown Panthers is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code LOCKDOWN to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. As I said... Atop the show, the Carolina Panthers, for the first time in over two decades, are looking for a head coach and a general manager at the same time. The Panthers, six weeks ago, parted ways with head coach Frank Reich after 11 games, a 1-10 start. And the lack of development for Bryce Young was too much for David Tepper to bear as he dropped an F-bomb in the bowels of Nissan Stadium there in Nashville on that Sunday afternoon and then decided the next day, enough is enough. Frank Reich, I'm sorry. Thank you for your services, but get out. Six weeks later, yesterday or on Monday, he decided it's time to move on from Scott Fitter as well as Scott Fitter after three seasons as the Panthers general manager where the Panthers went 14 and 37 during that period of time has been relieved of his duties as the Panthers GM, which now leads us here in a vital 2024 offseason for David Tepper and the trajectory of this franchise. Since David Tepper has taken over, the Panthers have been among the worst professional franchises here in North America. And until David Tepper fixes his own personal ego and decides to take a step back and let the football people do their jobs and also hire the right people, the Carolina Panthers will be sitting here in turmoil year in and year out. We'll be having this conversation annually and you, the Panther fan, will be cheated from having a competitive football team here in Charlotte. So hopefully he gets it right this offseason. I don't have a lot of confidence that will happen. I suppose a search firm is a step in the right direction, but that does not ensure that David Tepper will take their advice and hire the right person for the job. And maybe he takes their advice, hires who they suggest, and that person still does not have success here in Carolina because there's a lot of things that need to be fixed, which leads us into today's conversation about the Carolina Panthers GM opening. How attractive is this job? I talked about it yesterday, the negatives. Let's talk about the positives today. We'll get into a little bit more in depth about the negatives and I'll also rank where this job is among the openings and the suspected openings across the NFL right now as far as general manager jobs go on. But let's talk about the positives, positive vibes only. Well, 
positive vibes first. That's what we'll do here on the show to start off here in segment one. A few things as far as the GM job goes and the procedure as far as when they can start talking to people. Uh, GM candidates can be contacted now. The Panthers have already contacted several. Uh, per the Rooney rule, the club must do in-person interviews of at least two external candidates who are persons of color and or female. Candidates can accept employment of a new club while their current club is in the playoffs, provided their current club gives written permission. So with the head coach, they still got two weeks before they can really even start interviewing anybody. But as far as general manager goes, they can go ahead and do it, which is one of the things where it's kind of interesting, where it sounds like David Tepper would like to hire a coach, then have a general manager come in. Well, you can talk to GMs now. You can have a GM in place in the next two weeks before you could even talk to a coach. So why not go ahead and find the right guy for the job or even go out there and find a senior vice president of of football operations to fix things here in Carolina and have them be the buffer between you, the GM, and the head coach. But that's just a quick uh, little refresher as we head into this GM search here in Carolina. The positives. Number one, first positive, it's the quarterback Bryce Young. The Panthers drafted Bryce Young, number one overall. There was a reason why they decided to do that. We saw that reason against the Green Bay Packers. We saw that reason against the Texans in that game-winning drive. Same case with the Falcons in that game-winning drive. But we did not get to see enough of it because Bryce Young was sacked 62 times, which ties his franchise record with Steve Berline about 20 years ago. The Panthers cannot employ that same strategy next year and expect Bryce Young to survive. He's been able to dispel one of the pre-draft knocks on him by being durable, only missing one game to that mysterious ankle injury that was suffered during that Monday night football game in week two, missing the game in Seattle. But overall, Bryce Young was durable. He's healthy heading into the offseason, and that's important as they try to identify a new general manager and, of course, more importantly, a head coach and find some talent to be around him in this Carolina Panthers offense. But you have a quarterback. You don't have to worry about. Now, there are questions of whether he is the quarterback long-term, but you have a quarterback in place who is under a rookie deal. People talk about all the time having that rookie contract gives you the flexibility to pay some players, potentially like Brian Burns, like Derek Brown, and some other free agents like Frankie Louvu, and be able to build a roster around them and have time to find out whether that is the right guy as long as you build a good enough team around them to find out and actually evaluate them. That's the situation a lot of people, you know, would like to be in across the NFL. And there's a reason why the Chicago Bears are expected to move off of Justin Fields. Now, a part of it is Justin Fields does not necessarily prove himself to be without a shadow, beyond a shadow of a doubt, to be the long-term answer in Chicago. But also, they have the number one pick. They can take a quarterback, they can reset that quarterback contract and have the flexibility to sign other players to big deals and help build the overall roster. You have that flexibility right now with Bryce Young in Carolina. So that is absolutely something I believe is a positive. And also, Bryce Young is a player. A general manager who takes this job is going to have to be absolutely in love with Bryce Young and believe in Bryce Young and look at the past season and say, you know what? That's all on Bryce. That's on the offensive line being injured and regressing. That's on the receivers not getting open and not being fast and talented. That's on the run game not being consistent. This isn't on Bryce. I can fix Bryce. I can help Bryce. I believe in Bryce. That's what they would have to believe if they're going to take the job. So one of the positives in my mind is Bryce Young. Uh, A second positive, there's a solid foundation on defense. Derek Brown coming off of a career year, the most tackles in a single season by a defensive tackle in NFL history. Now, they've been tracking the stats since 1994. I'm sure maybe some of them back way in the past may have had a huge season. Not sure if they had 100 tackles in a season. But Derrick Brown was outstanding. Should have been a pro bowler. Probably will end up being a pro bowler because of alternates and all that. As he's the first alternate. But, man, he was out outstanding this year. 
fifth-year option coming up next season. He deserves a massive contract extension, whether it's this offseason or during a year. It needs to happen very soon. Shaq Thompson, he'll be back after breaking his leg. We'll see how the contract situation works out, but he's under contract next year. You got J.C. Horn under contract in his final year of his deal, assuming that they don't exercise fifth-year option, which I imagine they probably wouldn't do. Dante Jackson's under contract. Xavier Woods is under contract. You got Von Bell under contract. There's some solid players there. Uh, on this Panthers defense, that will be back next season. You also think about Brian Burns. Very simply, the Carolina Panthers will likely place the franchise tag on him. Frankie Louvu, I don't, haven't really heard much of whether he wants to be in Carolina or not, but he's somebody the Panthers, I'm sure, will prioritize bringing back here once free agency opens up. Jero uh, Vero and his staff could be retained. Depending on who the new head coach is, and it's very likely to be an offensive-minded head coach, Jero Vero could be right back here in Carolina with the same defensive scheme, most of the defensive staff, and of course, the defensive players that were the only bright spot really in the second half of the season. So that is absolutely a positive. You have a solid foundation on defense. Also special teams. You got Johnny Hecker, Eddie Pinheiro, both of those guys have been solid, reliable options. Special teams overall has been improved under Chris Tabor, who could be retained again this offseason by whoever comes in here. And I think that's something that David Tepper would like to see. And there's a lot of respect from the players uh, when it comes to Chris Tabor, having read the NFLPA survey that came out last week saying that he was the second best special teams coordinator in the NFL as voted on by the players. So they respect him. And there's been plenty of reports since he took over as the interim head coach about how he went about his business and how much the players appreciated him being even keeled and leading the team through the final six games of the season. So solid foundation on defense, special teams. That is vastly improved. We'll see what happens with J.J. Jansen and his future. That's going to be determined by, of course, him and by whoever the general manager is. Those are positives to me. The salary cap situation, it's not bad. According to OverTheCap.com, the Panthers are projected to have $37.3 million in salary cap space. It's not a ton. And when you look at kind of the effective space that they can really use, you got to take maybe about $10 million off of that. There's not a ton of space that they necessarily have to go spend big this offseason. There's other teams out there like the Washington Commanders have a boatload of space to go out there and pay players. But understand this, the best way to build your team is through the draft. Now, the Panthers don't have a bunch of draft picks. We'll get to that here momentarily as far as negatives go. But as far as the cap situation, it's not like you're coming in here and dealing in cap hell. You're not having to get below the salary cap threshold. And there's some moves that the Panthers uh, can make here soon that could open up that number even further to maybe 50, 55, potentially $60 million heading into the offseason. So there is some space to be able to bring in some players to help fix some things here in Carolina. You have flexibility as far as the salary cap goes. And in salary, man, you're going to hear this plenty of times over the next couple of weeks, there's only 32 of these jobs in reference to the general manager jobs and the head coaching jobs in the NFL. I understand that, but there's also only one life to live. So do you really want to take the one opportunity you may have to be a GM and come to Carolina? You may want to do that knowing that David Tepper is going to pay a boatload to get the right guy. If David Tepper zeroes in on somebody and believes, hey, you're the one to lead us moving forward, he's going to pay whatever it's going to take to get you to come to Carolina. So as far as the GM is concerned, as far as his money, that is a positive, certainly, when it comes to the Carolina Panthers job. So looking at it, Bryce Young, 
I can see that being a positive. Young quarterback who was a top prospect last year. I understand C.J. Stroud played better this year. Going to be Offensive Rookie of the Year. They won a division. All that jazz. But Bryce Young, we're not that far removed from a lot of people around the NFL having him as the consensus top quarterback into 2023 NFL draft. Solid foundation on defense. Got a couple players like Burns and Luvu that you're going to have to try and bring back. Burns, that should be pretty easy. Gerald Vero's staff could be back. Some continuity there. That would help that side of the ball. Special teams-wise, Hecker, Pinheiro, you're solid there. Adequate salary cap situation. You're not in cap hell like some other organizations have been. The Panthers are fine in that regards. And in salary, you can get paid a lot of money to come here. So those are the positives when looking at the Carolina Panthers opening here with the GM job. What are the negatives? There were many of them. There were many positives, but there were many negatives. And we know what the number one negative is. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk just for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if you or one of your loved ones got sick with a supply chain issue, keeping them from life-saving medications that they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off. Price Picks is the most fun you'll have winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can take LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at 10.5 combo projection of three-pointers made plus receptions. Price Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds, y'all. It's that easy. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PricePicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's PricePicks.com slash LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. PricePicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Then use code LockedOnNFL for your first deposit match up to $100. How attractive is the Carolina Panthers GM job? We looked at the positives. Now let's take a look at the negatives. And we have heard a ton about the negatives all across the NFL media as this right now is viewed as one of the worst situations in the league because of the owner and some other things we're going to talk about right now. Number one negative about taking the job here in Carolina is the owner. David Tepper, who has taken the mantle from the disgraced and shamed Dan Snyder as the worst owner in the National Football League. David Tepper has had Ron Rivera, Perry Fuel, Matt Rule, Steve Wilkes, Frank Reich, and Chris Tabor all serve as head coaches as either interim or full-time head coaches here in Carolina since he's taken over. That is six coaches in six seasons, and once he hires a new head coach, that'll be seven coaches in seven seasons, an embarrassment. He has also had two general managers here in Carolina with Marty Herney being one that he inherited. And then there was Scott Fitterer, 
who he has now fired. So he'll be on his third general manager in seven seasons. Look over at Charlotte FC right there in the same building. He hired Miguel Angel Ramirez to be his head coach. He lasted 14 matches, then hired his interim Christian Latanzio. He lasted a season and a half, and now they have appointed a new manager in Dean Smith, formerly of Aston Villa of the Premier League, to be their manager. That is three coaches in three seasons with the soccer slash football team here in Charlotte. All this man knows is turmoil. And if that's not enough to let you know that you may not be here long, well, go look at what happened a couple of, not even a couple weeks ago, but nine, 10 days ago down there in Jacksonville when Scott Federer was sitting there watching the Panthers get their doors blown off of them by a Jags team that absolutely collapsed in the second half of the season. And he's just sitting there as David Tepper just douses his drink on a fan and throws a cup in frustration as the team that he has run into the ground was one of the embarrassments, actually really the embarrassment of the NFL season here in 2023. So you're going to sit there and have to endure the Tepper tantrums that will happen every Sunday anytime your team loses. And I can only imagine how often he meets with the GM. Imagine how that probably has gone in the past. We know he was meeting every Tuesday, the off day, by the way, with Frank Reich when he's a head coach. Are you excited to meet with your boss every week to talk about football, which clearly he does not know how to operate a team? If that's for you, come on down here to Charlotte and deal with David Tepper, who, God, that is an irascible personality that I would not want to be around. That's one of the negatives. Another one. And I said this was a positive. Could also be viewed as a negative by some people on the outside. Bryce Young. There are going to be general manager candidates that look at Bryce Young this season and see how he played, and they may understand some of the issues around him, like the lack of protection, uh, the lack of a consistent run game, the lack of receiver talent, all of that, and still say, you know what, I just don't believe in that guy. They're going to look at him, they're going to look at what C.J. Stroud did this season, and they're going to compare the two, and they're going to believe the Carolina Panthers were 100% wrong in taking Bryce over C.J. Stroud. And right now, that is the case, but that is... Book is not closed just yet. We got to let things play out. There's GMs who may look at Bryce Young, his stature, even though he held up and believe that's just not the guy. And watching him play this season, they may believe that's just not the guy I want to hinge my future on. And they may ask David Tepper, okay, the quarterback, do I have the autonomy to move off of him if things don't work out? Or is this my guy? We'll see how it plays out, but that could be a negative. I don't think it's a negative, but that could be seen as a negative. It could be seen as a positive. It really is in the eye of the beholder. The third negative here in Carolina, a lack of draft capital. If you excuse David Tepper, this is probably the most concerning thing. What do general managers do? They team build. And what's the best way to build your team? Through the draft. Now, free agency, that can plug holes, but you don't really need to be trying to build your overall team through free agency. You want to do it through the draft. And Scott Fitter understood that when he first got here, had 11 draft picks at 2021 draft, and he whiffed on the vast majority of them. Those were mainly in day three, but his top guy, J.C. Horn, has only played 22 games out of a possible 51 so far due to injury. And there's players like Terrace Marshall, who clearly is not an NFL caliber player right now who's going to help out anybody. It's worked out for Chuba Hubbard, Tommy Trimble. That's been great as well. Brady Christensen went healthy. But overall, a lot of misses by Scott Fitter. Not a ton of opportunities heading into the 2024 draft, whoever the Panthers general manager ends up being. The Panthers, as we all know, do not own the number one overall pick in the 2024 draft. And if they did, quite possibly – 
they're able to take a Marvin Harrison Jr. or Roma Dunze, any of these top receivers, and they come in and they help Bryce Young. But one receiver is not going to change the fortunes of this franchise. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Typically, if you're going to get a player that's going to change everything for your franchise, typically it's a quarterback, knowing how important that position is in a game of football, but especially in the NFL. And everyone here in Carolina, we have seen when the Panthers had a quarterback, Cam Newton, things are good. Since they have not had a quarterback the last couple of years, things have been bad. You need a quarterback, not having a number one overall pick. Obviously, that is a bummer, but it's only one pick. Truly, only one pick. And I think people get a little bit too caught up on, oh, they don't have that number one overall pick. And I get it. I totally understand. I don't love it either. But you're going to have to just accept the reality that they don't have it. But really, my main concern is, it's not just they don't have a number one pick. It's like they only have six picks. They don't have a ton of capital going to the draft anyways. That one pick would help them get a premier player. Yes, I understand that. But then it's not like they are in a position to get a lot of great players in the first place. They have two picks in the top 65. They own the number 33 overall pick. That's in the second round. The number 65 overall pick. That's in the third round. They have their own fourth round pick. They have a fifth round pick from San Francisco that they got in the McCaffrey trade. They have a fifth round pick from Tennessee that they got in the Dennis Daly trade. Um, they also have a sixth round pick from Arizona that they got in the then known as Robbie Anderson trade. So that's two day two picks and then four picks in day three. And traditionally here in Carolina, whether it's been Marty Herney, Dave Gettleman, Scott Fitterer, oh, sorry, Marty Herney, Dave Gettleman, Marty Herney again, and then Scott Fitterer, the Panthers have not done a good job of evaluating talent later on in the draft. But hopefully the next guy comes in, can do that. They don't have a ton of capital, and if they want to kind of potentially trade, like getting T. Higgins, if that's what's necessary, if he gets tagged and then potentially traded, they're going to have to give up some of these draft picks. We don't have a lot of draft picks to want to even leverage. That's part of the problem that Scott Fitterer had. He always talked about, they need to care about their draft capital, that they need to protect that. But he kept trading away picks, and it did not work to the Carolina Panthers' advantage at the end. Like You look at Sam Darnold, getting a quarterback's important, but could you, wouldn't you have been better off just having Teddy Bridgewater stick around? And I'm not even saying this is hindsight 2020. I felt that way at the time. And if you listened to the show back then, you knew good and darn well how I felt about the Sam Darnold trade and how I did not want to see it happen at all. And that was cool rolling with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy was Teddy in 2020. That's who he's always been. Would have been totally fine doing that again in 21. Didn't think they were going to achieve much in 21 anyways. Why not do that and then keep your draft picks? The Panthers, they kept making all these panic moves, trying to be in win-now mode just to go 14 and 37 under the former general manager here in Carolina. So they have six picks coming up in 2024, and they don't have a second round pick in 25. You look at 25's draft, they have their first round pick, they have a third round pick, have a fourth round pick, have a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick, and they have two seventh round picks. That's only six picks in that draft. And you're gonna have a huge gap unless you trade and get a second round pick, but you're gonna have a huge gap between one and third. And the Panthers talked about that. Back when they traded for Sam Darnold, man, don't really love having that big gap between the first round pick and the third round pick. Fitterer found a way to come out of that draft of 11 picks. Will this general manager find a way to do the same thing, especially not having a first round pick in 2024? That is an issue. The lack of draft capital that you can use potentially to trade, to get other players, just to get players in general uh, the cheap way, the smart way through the draft. Uh, Number four, lack of talent on offense. 
The Carolina Panthers need several wide receivers, and one of them that they have right now, Adam Thielen, sounds like a guy who does not want to be here anymore, and I don't blame him. The team is terrible. He signed up for Frank Reich. He signed up to contend for a division. None of that happened. Reich's gone. The division was never, ever a thing that they're going to contend for or the playoffs, and he is coming off a 100-yard reception season and a 1,000-yard receiving season at age 33. He's going to be 34 next year. He's only getting older as far as NFL terms go, and he's probably showing a lot of people in the league who did not believe in him that, oh, okay, Thielen, he can help us out. Maybe in the slot as a number three receiver on a contender, that guy can still get out there and help you. Might not get a ton of separation, but he can help you out. As we saw this season with Bryce Young here in Carolina, I would imagine that he's going to be one of those trade pieces that you can get another pick for, but that's probably going to be a day three pick if that's what happens. So they're going to need a, maybe two, three. Like they're going to need, they need a number one receiver. They need a true number two because that's not Mingo. They need another number three. Mingo's like a four. I don't, I don't believe in Jonathan Mingo after this season. Maybe that's not fair. I'm just not loving what I'm seeing. They need multiple receivers, actual speed, actual talent at the wide receiver position. It's possible that they need to overhaul their offensive line. Moten, I don't touch that. I do think they need to draft a center. They have not done that since they drafted uh, Ryan Khalil all those years ago. Bozeman was good in 22. This past season, that was not the case. Did not help that he had seven different left guards, eight different right guards next to him all season long. The lack of continuity, that played a role. And if Morgan, that being Dan Morgan, is the general manager, possibly he says, all right, I was agree. I agree to Scott. This is a, this is an offensive line that's ready to go. They just had injuries. If they can stay healthy, have continuity, they can be fine. But we have seen this is still not the best pass protecting offensive line in the NFL, even when they are healthy. So, what to do with Icky? What do you do with Austin Corbett, who's having a second knee injury? How is he going to be coming back? Are you going to want him back? You're going to rather cut him, get some cap space. Who are you going to replace those guys with? The guys in the behind them, like Mays and Zavala. They haven't really shown too many signs that they're going to be the answer there at guard. It's still early in their careers, but I have not been impressed by the early returns. So there's the offensive line. Probably need another running back. I think via the draft would be fine. Another tight end. We'll see what happens with Hayden Hurst. He says he's going to go work out in Jacksonville, come back next season. Does he come back at all? Those are questions that need to be figured out. But the lack of talent on offense outside of the quarterback is it's not good. Uh, and then the final thing that I look at as a negative, uh, difficult contract decisions to make. And this is part of the GM job. But Brian Burns, you're easy to tag him, but do you give him what he wants? And the report is he wanted $30 million. That is insane. And even back when we had the conversations back in September and even really late August, I was cool. Like, okay, $27, $28 million. That makes sense. But 30 I don't know about 30 Panthers don't have a ton of leverage, but it's not like Brian Burns did a lot this season to show that he's worth that kind of money. The Panthers need to figure that out. I think at this point in time, trading him is going to be difficult if you want to get the kind of premium capital that they could have gotten from the Rams back at the uh, deadline in 2022. So the best thing to do, especially knowing that all the edge rushers on the roster aren't that great, and he's the only one that you can really depend on, is to find a way to, to get a deal done with Brian Burns. So that's going to be a difficult decision. Uh, Derek Brown. He's extension eligible. Uh, how long are you going to wait to get that done? Do you want to be in the same situation you were with Burns where you waited too long and, and now you got to play the whole tag game? Uh, Iki Kwanu at left tackle. What are you going to do there? And that goes to the offensive line overall. Determining the futures of Hayden Hurst, Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen. Do you trade Thielen? Do you release Sanders? Do you stick with them? Hayden Hurst, same kind of case. There are some decisions to be made. So there's difficult contract decisions that would have been made whether Scott Fitter was here or not. That's something that can be perceived as a negative. 
There's a dearth of talent um, on offense. The lack of draft capital overall is not great. You could think of Bryce Young as a negative. And, of course, the biggest negative here in Carolina is the owner, David Tepper, who is a problem. So that those are the negatives as far as the general manager opening here in Carolina. Now, looking across the league. There's a couple of openings. You got the Chargers, you got the Raiders, potentially the Commanders, and I feel like the Commanders are one going to count them. Where does Panthers GM job rank among the current openings and potential openings here in the NFL? Let's talk about it here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organize one part of your space and you want to tackle another, or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you actually want to eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strength so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make the changes that really stick. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, A-H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. We've talked about the positives. We've talked about the negatives to the Carolina Panthers general manager opening here in Carolina. How does the job rank, though? Because there's a couple of jobs already open on the market. We know the Raiders' job's been open for a couple months now. The Chargers' job is open. The Panthers' job is open. And I'm going to count the Commanders' job as being open as they're currently interviewing uh, people for the head of football operations job. Adam Peters, who's one of the top general manager candidates, he's assistant general manager there in San Francisco, potentially could be the GM now that John... Lynch has been elevated to a different role within the organization. Now, he's still kind of the general manager, but he's been elevated to a higher role. That could open up the job for Adam Peters, and they are clearly a Super Bowl contender. That's a great situation. I would want to do that, but maybe he wants a new challenge, wants to build his own organization. But he's going to be interviewing there in Washington, and that is seen as an attractive place to go with the number two pick and all the other things that are attached with the job. So I'm going to look at Washington. You have Martin Mayhew currently, who's the general manager. You got Marty Herney in there in the front office. It's hard to believe that those guys are going to stick around. So I'm going to look at Washington, Los Angeles, the Chargers, uh, the Raiders, and Carolina as the four open GM jobs right now. So how does the Panthers rank as far as those jobs go? I think the top job, and I already alluded to it, I think it's the commander's job. It's wild to say that after the 20-plus years of Dan Snyder as the owner and how that organization was a complete train wreck, all the disgusting things that happened that were reported by the Washington Post back in the summer of 2020, all the things that Dan Snyder has done since then and he's been accused of and why he's no longer there in Washington. Now they're in a situation where Ron Rivera's gone, and Ron was, I think, a great guy to be there in a situation didn't win enough, and we saw they lost eight straight games in the season. It did not work out. I wish Ron the best of luck. I think probably in retirement. I think he's earned it, and he's got plenty of money, and love for him to be back here in the Charlotte community. But that's a job. You got potentially a new stadium coming at some point in time. They'll figure out possibly a facility. You have the goodwill of the city back, and even like the whole DMV. You have it all back, and there's a serious owner in Josh Harris, who has done a good job at the Philadelphia 76ers. He's smart by bringing in Bob Myers to help 
with transition and help them find a new head coach and general manager with the championship coach they want to build there. Same thing over Spielman, a long time Vikings general manager to help him out. I love what he's doing up there, and I wish he was the owner here in Carolina. Now, it still remains to be seen whether Josh Harris is a good owner, but we've seen already in another sport here in America, he's been a good owner. And it doesn't always mean that a cross sports will be a good owner. I do look at Stan Kroenke. He may be hated in St. Louis. The man's won a Super Bowl at the Rams. He has Arsenal back to being Arsenal in the Premier League and across Europe. And he also won a Stanley Cup. With the uh, Denver, was it Colorado Avalanche? Whatever, I don't watch hockey. So it's showing that if you are a successful owner, you can be a successful owner across sports because a lot of the tendencies and what are traits that you needed that you need to build, they're pretty interchangeable. So I think the commander's job, that is a job that I would absolutely want up as a general manager. I love D.C. anyways. My grandmother well, used to live in D.C., so it's kind of a second home to me, a third home, whatever. But I love D.C., that just me. Um, but if I was an, if I, had, if I wanted the opening, I'm looking at the $78 million in cap space. I'm looking at the number two pick in the draft. I'm looking at five picks in the top 100. They may have traded away Chase Young. Montez Sweat. Sweat ended up leading the Bears and the Commanders in sacks, by the way. That's an insane stat. So they got to go out there and get edge rushers. They have an opportunity to do that. They also have an opportunity to draft a quarterback number two. And my guess is, and it would be a little awkward knowing who the quarterback was this season, but my guess is Sam Howell. Now, I have a friend whose hot take is that because Caleb Williams is from uh, DMV, that they're going to trade up to number one with the Bears to get him. PR wise, it would make I could understand why they would do that. If they decide that they're not going to trade a ton to go get Caleb Williams, they would rather just hold the picks they already have. Drake May in Washington, that would make sense. Or maybe it's Michael Penix Jr. going from Washington to Washington. That's the number one job to me. Number two, it's the Chargers. They do have a salary cap situation to figure out. They're in the red heading into the new league year. They Obviously, did not make the playoffs. There's some situations to figure out with Keenan um, Allen, also Mike Williams, their receiver that they drafted, Quentin Johnson to TCU, didn't have the kind of year they were hoping, had some injuries this year, and the whole charges of it all. But they got a brand new facility, and they have an owner I think that wants to win. I don't think the Spanos is, are that great, but you have Justin Herbert as well. And that helps. That's probably what's most attractive for a head coach is you have Justin Herbert for a general manager. Having that quarterback in place and being in L.A., having a new new facility, that's number two attractive job in my mind. Um, number three, the Raiders. I, I personally wouldn't want the Raiders job. I don't think Mark Davis is a very good owner. Uh, not, it's been seen multiple times. They don't have a quarterback. Aiden O'Connell is okay in the moments that I did see him play. The most early saw him was in that Chiefs game on Christmas Day. <laughs> it's not like he did all that much. I don't think he attempted to pass in the second half. I liked him at Purdue, fourth-round pick. Don't know if he's really the future. They could be in position to draft a quarterback if they wanted to do that. They got $50 million in cap space. That That's attractive, and they have a beautiful facility there on the Strip in Vegas. That, I would say, is Probably right above Carolina. The owner's not great. They have more cap space. Don't really have a quarterback. But the whole David Tepper of it all. That's why I have Carolina ranked as fourth. And I hate to say that. Being someone who does a Daily Panthers podcast, someone who wants the team to do well, who you know is a fan of the team, grew up going to the games and all that. But right now, looking looking at the other jobs, the Commanders. It's wild to say it. The Commanders, Chargers. Those are easily the top two available jobs as far as general manager goes. Raiders. You could argue. Panthers are above the Raiders. Uh, I and I would I would 
I would appreciate that argument, and I, I maybe even agree with you, even though I'm saying right now, I think the Panthers' job is the worst job. Just think about David Tapper, his involvement, and some of the other, just the offense, just not having any talent. That is a tough situation for the Carolina Panthers to head into this search. Okay, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I will be back with you on Friday to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. You can do that all throughout the offseason, either at me or DM me to get those questions in to me now. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole as always and forever. Keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all on Thursday.